0: I wonder how many of you have experienced a miracle in your life. Something that couldn't be explained by any other explanation other than what happened was a supernatural act of God. Has anyone experienced that in their life? Yeah, quite a lot of us. I want to tell you this morning about a miracle that happened in my life. When I was four few years ago now, I was in the backyard playing with my little sister who was two and a half at the time and she picked up a piece of glass and she threw it and she said, oh, bitey, threw the piece of glass. True to her word, the glass was bitey. It hit me in my left eye. After that, I only remember fragments I remember lying on the bed with a towel on my face. I remember lying on the back seat of the car with my head on mum's lap. I was rushed to the hospital and the church that we were part of began to pray. The pastor at the time contacted people and said, the church is open, we're just going to pray. And people were praying at the church All night, we found out afterwards. And there was people from all over the place praying that night. A miracle happened that night when I didn't lose my eye. It was very badly damaged, but I didn't actually lose the eye, which is what they thought was going to happen. But there's been another miracle too. The doctors told my parents at that time that within 10 years I would have cataracts on that eye and that I would have to have ongoing surgery probably for the rest of my life to deal with the scarring that would happen as a result of that injury. It's now 44 years later, and I still have not had a cataract on that eye. And I believe that that's a miracle. And I guess that experience of prayer and of God's miraculous power impacted me very deeply as a young child. And as a result, I've never really doubted that God is a God of miracles. It definitely grew my faith. That certainty that the writer of the Hebrews describes when he says in Hebrews 11 verse 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure and certain. There are many times when I do feel like that. But there are times in my life too when my faith struggles. My faith is unsure and uncertain. Is that true for you too? You believe God, absolutely. You believe that God can do all things. But for some reason at times you just doubt and your faith is shaky. I'm like that at times. I believe that God can reach all people. But some people, I'm not sure that it's ever possible that God could save them. I believe that God can heal and I've seen it numerous times but sometimes I'm just plain scared to ask him. I know that God will look after me, that he'll provide all of my needs, that he'll look after my kids but still I worry. Well, you know what's awesome? We can be encouraged because we're not alone When we feel like that. In the story that we're going to read this morning, there's a guy who was just like that. He believed, but his faith was shaky. We find it in Mark chapter 9. But before we read the story, let me just give you a little bit of background. So the Bible says that there was a little boy who had an evil spirit. And this boy's father brought the boy to the disciples And they tried to deal with it. They tried to do the miracle. But for some reason, we don't know why, they couldn't do it. They couldn't cast the evil spirit out of this boy. And so the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they saw it as an opportunity to attack the disciples. And so there was an argument going on. And that's when Jesus walked onto the scene. It's verse 16 of Mark chapter 9. That's where we're going to start. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, "'Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. "'He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk, "'and whenever the spirit seizes him, "'it throws him violently to the ground.' Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Now, going through sickness or trauma is hard, but I've found that often watching someone else go through sickness or trauma is harder. This dad has been watching his boy in agony. He's been tormented by this evil spirit. He's probably taken him to doctors and healers. I imagine he's tried everything. And now he's taken him to the disciples and even they can't help his son. Let's keep reading. This is verse 19. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. This poor kid has been tormented for years. This father has had to watch his son suffering for years. The evil spirit even tries to kill him, tries to throw him into a fire or to drown him in water. You can only imagine the effect that that must have had on the whole family. This man must have been desperate. Now, did you catch what the father said to Jesus? He said, have mercy on us and help us. And then he says, if you can, if you can. Maybe you know what that's like. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now. Jesus, I believe you can do it. I th- I think I believe. Would you do it, please, if you can? Or maybe you're more like, no, I know God can. I know he can, but the question is, I wonder if he will. He can, but... Will he or why hasn't he? Have a look at how Jesus replies. Verse 23, he says, What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, Anything is possible if a person believes. He says, almost sounding hurt, What do you mean if I can? And he says that anything is possible, anything, if you just believe. Pause there for a moment. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible. Simple. Anything. Anything is possible. But it's not that simple, is it? Because there's a major problem. And we've faced it. It's jolly hard to just believe. We've all witnessed miracles. We all believe God can do it, but we still struggle. And that's why I love this story, because this guy was face-to-face with Jesus. And he still struggled. Listen to what he says in verse 24. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Instantly, the father cried out, I do believe, sort of. Do you see it? He said, I do believe, but not completely. Help me, Jesus. Help me overcome my unbelief. I want to believe wholeheartedly. And and sometimes I do, but but then sometimes things don't work out and then I struggle. I want to believe. I did believe last week, but I don't have so much faith right now. I want to believe, but I'm just not sure if I can. I want you to feel the passion that's coming out of this desperate father. The word cried out in the Greek is the word kradzo, which means to croak like a raven or like a crow. Can you hear that sound in your head? I'm not going to do it. I know you want me to do it. I'm not. Croak as a raven. It means to scream or to, to shriek. Can you see the passion and the desperation in this dad? From deep within, he's crying out, I do believe, but I still have doubts. I want to believe that it's possible, but I just don't know if I can. Why is it that sometimes our faith is strong, but then at other times our faith falters? It's weak and we struggle to believe. Why is it that we have these faith struggles? I've spent some time reading about this as I've prepared for this message and I know there's no easy answers to the question of faith and to why we so often struggle in our faith. But I want to suggest to you that there's a few things that are obstacles to growing our faith. Some things that get in the way of real faith. The first one is... Sign demanding faith. Now, most of you have probably done something like this. I know I have. Lord, if you will just help me to pass this test, I'll serve you forever. Or, oh Lord, just get me off this roller coaster alive and I'll be your child forever. God, if you will just give me a sign, then I'll know that you're real. Be honest, how many of you have done something like that? Yeah, I know I have. The problem with looking for a sign is that a sign isn't the real thing. Let's say you're looking for a McDonald's and you see a sign. Keep your focus here. We're not thinking about McDonald's now but say you were thinking about McDonald's and you see a sign and it says, Macca's three kilometres. You don't pull up to the sign and order a Big Mac, do you? No. Because a sign is not the real thing. The sign simply points to the real thing. Sometimes God will give us a sign But faith in the sign is faith in the wrong thing. The sign only points you to the real thing. The real thing is Jesus. The kind of faith which constantly demands a sign, it actually hinders your faith. Another thing that gets in the way of real faith is second-hand faith. How how many of you grew up with Christians around you, a parent, a grandparent? Yeah, lots of us did. Maybe because of that you've always gone to church. You went to Sunday school. You got an extra point for bringing your friend to Sunday school. You got a star for learning your Bible verse. Maybe you went to youth group. Maybe you even became a youth leader. The things of God were just part of your life. But that faith has never really become your own. Your mum's a strong Christian or dad is or grandma is or the people that I hang out with. But it's never been my own faith. There's no such thing as second-hand faith. In Matthew 16, we read about a time when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he asked them, who do people say that I am? And the disciples had all sorts of answers. Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say the prophet. Then Jesus asks Peter, yeah, but who do you say that I am? That's the question. Who do you say It doesn't matter what mum or dad or or grandma believes. What do you believe? Maybe you struggle with your faith because it's not your own faith. There's a third obstacle and it's self-centred faith. This is how self-centred faith plays out. This is so common. It happens all the time. I've done it myself. Okay, God, here is what you're going to do. You're going to do this and you're going to do that and you're going to do it in this way and at this time. Okay? We write. Amen. And then when God doesn't do what you told him to do, you get angry. God, where are you? You didn't do what I asked you to do. What's going on? I was doing my part. I went to church. I tried to be good. All that I asked you to do was to get me that promotion. How hard can that be? All I asked you to do was was to heal me or to find me a husband or to get rid of my husband. No, we wouldn't pray that. It hasn't happened, God, so that's it. I've had it. We're through. Demanding faith. Like secondhand faith and selfish faith, it's a barrier to our faith. If you find your faith struggling, like the Father in our story, ask yourself whether maybe there's any of those barriers in your life. So what about the flip side? If there are barriers to faith, are there things that help us grow our faith? I believe there are. The Bible says that there are. So before we get back to the story, let's just have a quick look at a couple of verses that might help us with this. The first one is Romans 10, verse 17. It says, Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. That's how you build your faith, by immersing yourself in God's word. If you want to get in good shape, you have to eat the right things and you need to exercise. It's pretty simple. You start eating the right things, you go to the gym and your body gets better. When you feed on God's word, when that becomes a part of your life, it grows your faith. It's that simple. I can trace the times in my life when my faith has been strong and I'm believing in God. Those are the times when I've been regularly spending time in his word. And the times when I doubt always without fail are the times when I'm not in his word the way I should be. Now, you may say, I want to read the Bible, but I don't even know where to start. There's so many tools now to help you read the Bible. You can get one-year Bibles that, that give you a verse to read every day. There's heaps of devotional books that can help you. You can download audio Bibles and put them on your phone and listen to them while you're gardening or while you're driving the car. However you do it, just Start. Feeding yourself on the word will grow your faith. But it's not enough to just engross ourselves in God's word. We have to also act on it. We have to let it change us. James 1 verse 22 says this. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Just knowing about God and not letting it lead you into doing something, that's just fooling yourself. You want to grow your faith, feed on God's word and allow it to change you. So let's go back to the story. This father needed a miracle, and he cried out, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So what happened? Verse 25. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out by prayer. So when Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You, spirit, I command you to come out and never enter this boy again. And verse 26, the spirit Shrieked, it convulsed the boy violently. Imagine that. This really happened. And the demon came out, and the boy looked so much like a corpse that many people said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. and he was healed by the power of a good God. God is a God of miracles. 44 years after my eye was cut by a piece of glass, I still don't have a cataract on that eye. God's people prayed that night and the result is I didn't lose my eye and a medical certainty never happened. God did that. God did that. And until the day I die, I will declare the goodness of God. But you know what? If next week I find that a cataract's developing on my eye, I will still proclaim the goodness of God because I've learned over the years that my faith is not about the outcome. It's about the character and the heart of God who is a good God. The Bible is full of amazing men and women of faith, but few come close to the faith of three young men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament said, I'm sick of hearing about your God. You guys bow down and worship this God right now or I will kill you by throwing you into the fire. And they said one of the greatest faith statements that you will ever hear. They said, you go ahead and throw us in the fire, but we will not worship your God because our God will deliver us. That's faith. But their next statement shows even more amazing faith. They said, and even if he doesn't, We still will not worship your false God. We will still believe. Our God can, our God will, and even if He doesn't, we will still believe. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of miracles. You are a good God. And we pray, Lord, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we would continue to see you act in miraculous ways amongst us. Because there are people here that need miracles in their lives. And when you do act... We will give you all the glory that you deserve. And as we spend time in your word, reading it, letting it soak into our lives, we pray that you will change us. Grow our faith, Lord. Give us the kind of faith that says, Our God can, our God will. But even if he doesn't, we will still believe and declare his goodness. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.